welcome to The Breadwinners. I'm Jennifer Owens. I'm Rachel Ellison. This is the show where we talk about everything. You know, we say it's about work and family, but it's really, we talk about anything. So, you know, the best way to, re- to support us is to rate and review our show wherever you get our show. I know that everyone says it. It's true. It does help. And then there are our socials, right, Raquel? There are socials. Check us out at the Breadwinners Pod. Check us out. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on all the places. Also, we have merchandise. Merchandise, as we call it. Um, you can <laughs> you can wear Breadwinners T-shirts. You can get a mug. You can get a sweatshirt. Jennifer and I are wearing them all the time. All the time. That is my favorite T-shirt. My Breadwinners T-shirt. There's something yeah. about it. You know, when you find a good T-shirt. And then I, I'll True. admit I have another one that I do not like of the breadwinners. So I like the white ones. Go with the white ones. Okay, go with the white ones. We have learned. We have learned. We so are much never going to steer you wrong. No, <laughs> totally. So that. So definitely, definitely find us online. Wear our merch. We we love you. We do. So this is season four. Here we are. Knee deep into it, and the water's fine if you like breadwinning and treading water. So, you know, <laughs> how many laps did you uh, swim this week, Raquel? Negative two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so it's April now, but we passed right over Equal Pay Day, which this year was March 24. Mm-hmm. I did not send you anything. I'm very sorry. I I just found out that the traditional gift for 21 years of marriage is bronze and nickel. That sounds like it's like money. <laughs> so I was wondering, what do you think our our gift should be for season four of the Breadwinners? Um, nickels, dollars, dollar bills, dollar bills, <laughs> two dollar bills. Ooh, two dollar bills. My my uh, husband has two dollar bills. He keeps as uh, Lucky Charms. They're pretty cool. Do you remember the $2 bill? I do. What about Lucky Charms? Well, like he holds it as a, like a lucky thing is a $2 bill, you know, as a talisman. Oh, I see. I thought you were talking about the cereal. I got confused. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever eat Lucky Charms? No. Yeah. My mom didn't let us. Yeah. We weren't allowed to do those kind of things. Once in a while I got booberry which was the sad stepbrother of Chocoberry or the, the vampire one and the Frankenberry one was Booberry. I loved it. Loved right. being my own person. But that was a very rare treat. So yeah. Yeah. Now my son has chocolate Cheerios for breakfast, like all the time. And yeah. I, I just look at the, the little statement like, this is good for your heart. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It is. All right. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, I'm back on track. I swear. I swear. Okay. So, back on track. Equal pay day. So yes. that is the very glorious and symbolic day that represents the extra number of days that we women, on average, must work to earn what men, on average, earned the year before. So um, it's the date. March 24th is the date for all women. But I know that you know that this is a holiday that we sadly get to celebrate throughout the year because as you slice and dice by race, ethnicity, and parenting status, the equal day pushes out later and later into the year. So I'm going to do a lightning round and I'm going to name some groups and you get to guess 
what month their equal day landing because I wasn't going to try to do it for <laughs> guess the actual day. Okay. These what are month? in order. So th- to give you a little bit of a hint. Okay. So for average, it's March 24th. So the first one we're going to do is Asian American and Pacific Islander women. I'm going to go with January. It's March. Oh, it goes in order. It goes yeah. in order. It's actually March. It's actually March 9th. Isn't that? Oh, it uh, is March. Oh, yeah. They're actually, okay. as a cohort, they're earlier on average than women in general. Interesting. So the next is moms versus dads. What month do moms have to work to make the same money as dads on average? What month do moms have to work? Make the when same. is their equal payday? Um, <laughs> it's June. The answer was, is June. I was getting there. I was getting there. <laughs> I was getting there. This is a lightning round. <laughs> Sorry, not a drizzle round. <laughs> I'm going going faster. Here we go. Okay, Black women, September, August. I'll give you September for Native American women. Okay, and then Latinas, November. October, but still October 21st, which is almost November. Wow. It's shock. It's like, you know, like, and I have written those things down before for, you know, we've done stories on equal pay day and all that, you know, through, through my career. And, um, but when you really like, like October, I mean, oh my Lord. And that's, you know, you assume that's based on, uh, the idea that we all started at the same, you know, starting line. Like, so uh, anyway, so new, it's so equal pay day ties into what is often called the pay gap between men's and women's wages. So here's my pop quiz to you. I'm just going to okay. keep quizzing you. What is the current pay gap? What do statisticians say it is right now? The quizzes, man. The quizzes. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> They're it's, getting to me. It's 82 cents. 82 cents. So according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, in 2020, women's annual earnings were 82.3% of men's. And that, again, is, you know, that's for all women. You do those buckets that we were just looking at and the the gap widens. But Hmm. right now for all women, it's at 82.3. And then here's a super fast one. How fast is the pay gap shrinking? I think you can do this one. How fast is it shrinking? Yeah. Do you know how I did on pop quizzes in school? <laughs> <laughs> well, this was a trick question because it's not. not. It's not shrinking. Okay. So women made only 57 cents per dollar versus men in 1973. So we made progress. But then in recent years, it's completely stalled. And we don't seem to be, you know, it. we're never going to make it. Sorry to be a downer, but I have a very cute video that I'm going to uh, show you right here. Okay. And uh, I'm going to, we'll put it in the ep- the episode notes, but this is Batgirl telling Batman about equal pay. Really? Okay. A ticking bomb means trouble for Batman and Robin. Holy breaking and entering. It's Batgirl. Quick, Batgirl. Untie us before it's too late. It's already too late. I've worked for you a long time and I'm paid less than Robin. 
same job, same employer means equal pay for men and women. No time for jokes, Batgirl. It's no joke. It's the federal equal pay law. Holy Congress! If you're not getting equal pay, contact the Wage and Hour Division, U.S. Department of Labor. Whoa. How fun is that? That is super fun. <laughs> I like that he says, no time for jokes. <laughs> like... That's what I said. No, I... <laughs> No time for jokes. No time for jokes. So, so the history of the uh, wage gap. So, uh, you know, it's it's been around for time immemorial for some reason. I don't, you know, in the 1860s, as you know, I love to go back in time. You do. Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton were making a case for bridging the wage gap in their paper, The Revolution. And they tied the power to vote to the issue of equal pay. And so they saw it as working hand in hand, but we got the vote in 1920, but we kept the wage gap. So, you know, <laughs> like, all right. Yay. 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 So, you know, as I do my, my history lesson, we fast forward to, I, I'm going to need to get some sort of a um, sound effect there. Cause I do like my, you do, <laughs> I do. So we're going to fast forward to 1944. Uh-huh. Winifred Stanley, let us spend a moment with Winifred. Okay. A Republican member of Congress introduced a bill titled Prohibiting Discrimination in Pay on Account of Sex. And it was meant to amend the list of unfair labor practices in the National Labor Relations Act of 1935. And that, which says that includes discriminating against any employer in the rate of compensation paid on account of sex. And you will be so surprised to hear as for all the history we talk about on these issues, it failed in Congress. So, but mm. you know, that's how it works. You raise the issue, yeah. you know, it fails, it starts a conversation and yeah. then it, we're, we're still waiting on it. <laughs> that's the <laughs> so we're going to jump ahead another 20 years into the sixties. And this is where, the Equal Pay Act arrives in 1963, and mm-hmm. that prohibited employers from paying male and female workers different wages for, quote, jobs, the performance of which, already hate the language here, but jobs, the performance of which requires equal skill, effort, and responsibility, and which are performed under similar working conditions, quote. Okay. But even with that, which is a kind of a high bar, you know, I think we find in uh, the world as we go forward is defining all of that is where the courts come in. But the law to start, it allowed for several exceptions, including pay structures based on seniority or merit. So as JFK signed it into law, he noted that, quote, the average woman worker earns only 60% of the average wage for men and called it an unconscionable practice. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Thank Kennedy. You, JFK. Yeah. So now we at least have like the base of, you know, hey, you shouldn't be, you know, egregiously, you know, these things always, it's the egregious cases. Yeah. So a year later in 64, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act would also address the wage gap and it would broaden the law to make compensation decisions based on race, color, religion, sex, or national origin unlawful. This also had multiple exceptions too, including the seniority and merit-based wage programs. So merit-based wage programs, is that where we, 
Is that where we get the the free pass? Yeah, that's uh, that's a tricky one. You know, and also seniority of like, well, he's a man, so he gets to be the boss. So he's right. Senior, you know, like you're doing the the same thing. Speaking of that, well, so then the 70s and the 80s bring forward the idea of pay equity, and so that's where you know how we all kind of gather behind certain conversation talking points. And so this is where pay equity comes to the fore. And Mm -hmm. that's looking at persistent and discriminatory wage gaps among workers in jobs that are similar in skill and value to the organization. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you a quote to read. You know, I love when you read me things. (laughs) Many women and people of color are still segregated into a small number of, of jobs, such as clerical, service workers, nurses, and teachers. The advocacy group National Committee on Pay Equity explained, These jobs have historically been undervalued and continue to be underpaid to a large extent because of the gender and race of the people who hold them. So Eleanor Holmes Norton, who was chair of the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, better known as the EEOC, she was leading it during the Carter administration, and she singled out comparable worth or pay equity, the issue of the 1980s. So Ronald Reagan did not agree. I am going to give you his quote. You'll like this one. (laughs) Mickey Mouse, a cockamamie idea that would destroy the basis of free enterprise. (laughs) Can we take a moment there? Equal pay for equal work. Destroy the basis of free enterprise. Thanks, Ronnie. (laughs) Yeah. Jelly beans. Yeah. And probably... Probably ladies making the jelly beans in the factory getting paid less than the men making the jelly beans in his factory. So true. Yeah. So we're going to fast forward again. This thing seems to move in, in leaps of like 20 years at a time at a clip. And so now we're in 2007 and it's the Lily Ledbetter U.S. Supreme Court case. Yes. One of our favorites. Do, do you remember her story? She, once again, on the spot. Yeah, she yeah. worked. She no, worked for Goodyear. She worked for oh, Goodyear. Goodyear. Yeah. And she sued because she realized, or she, well, she alleged, but she realized she had been underpaid for, for 19 time, years. Right? Right, 19 right, years. Right. And the, a jury, uh, this part I didn't realize that a jury awarded her more than 3.5 million, but Goodyear appealed, arguing that she had failed to file. This is so gross. Failed to file her suit within 180 days of when the discrimination first occurred as prescribed by law. Wow. And I think, okay, now I'm going off on the tree of like my bad dim memory, but I believe it's like she sees the like payroll list on the copy machine. You know, she she happened upon this information. It's not like anybody stopped and said, hey, by the way, you're being paid less than all your mail. So- the appeals court reversed the decision and the Supreme Court also ruled against her in a, or the case, in a five to four vote based on the 180 days discrimination, you know, mark. Mm-hmm. And Great. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg dissented, suggesting that it was now a matter of Congress to take up, which Congress did. Right. And that is where we get the Lilly Led Better Fair Pay Act. Mm-hmm. passed two years later in 2009 and that expanded the 
period for filing a discrimination claim and made it easier for other women to sue employers that they believed had discriminated against them. And we remember that it was the first piece of legislation signed into law by Obama. Obama, just nine days after his inauguration. So that was very symbolic. And I remember when it happened. And I do too. It is now the moment, you know, there's always there's always more to do to try to close all the the holes for where you can screw women over. <laughs> so, now, so now the work is the Paycheck Fairness Act, which is about in greater enforcement of anti-discrimination laws and increased penalties for violators. It has passed the House a couple of times and it passed last year, but it always fails in the Senate. And that was first introduced in 2009. Huh. So, yeah. Because, you know, you do these things with laws. We see it in a lot of other cases, too, where, yes, it is against the law, but there is actually no accountability. There's no penalty, really, if you do it, you know. Right. So that you need the second half of the of it to make the, the carrot and the stick, I guess. I don't know. It's not carrot and stick. It's don't do it. And now you'll get in trouble if you do. So. Mm. So. All of which is that's kind of the history of dealing with pay equity and pay discrimination. But there's a lot of conversation around, you know, the actual wage gap. You know, you see this every once in a while. It pops up like, you know, this this isn't anything and and this is a fake number. And, you know, like there's always so many variables you can't really you could never really account for what the difference is between what this and and it doesn't exist anyways, even if you could. So that's the question. What is the wage gap? It's when the Bureau of Labor Statistics does it, they are doing a ratio of median annual earnings for women working full-time year-round versus men working full-time year-round. And so that's where we get the 18 cents, the 82 cents for every dollar that men worked. So it's... Mm. It's not a direct comparison for men and women doing identical work. It's the, you know, it's a wholesale earnings one to the other. And they say that it they do this on purpose. They do this as a way to capture all those weird factors that go into driving the female wage gap, which include but are not limited to differences in industri- industries and jobs worked, differences in years of experience, differences in hours worked and just outright discrimination. So, because, you know, if you, if women can never be the boss, if women don't get the bonuses and raises, you know, you can't, you can't, I don't know. Have you looked at much into like wage gap issues? I haven't. I did back in the day with my co-founder of Me Done. We, we looked into it, but I haven't, I haven't looked at it in a while. Well, I have. I know you have. I have this fun tool that the Department of Labor put out where you can compare the wage gap in particular industries. Mm-hmm. So you can you can go in. I like the first one's accountants and auditors. But if you go in, you can try bailiffs. And you can see that there is a wage gap of... Wow. Let's see, women's earnings as a percentage of men's, 
It's a pretty, you know, that's one of the better ones. Yeah. And you can see the percent of women. Oh, how about bakers? Yeah, how are we doing? How are we doing? It's 80.6% wage gap. Wait, Why? I'm looking at animal trainers. <laughs> what do you got? 66.6. <gasps> okay, clergy. Okay, I have to look at this. Oh, clergy is 90.9. Oh, nice. I'm so conditioned that I'm like, oh, good. The gap's only a little bit. Like, I wonder if there's anyone where there isn't a gap. I mean, I'm sure someone could tell us. Okay. Food batch makers, anyone? Food batch batch maker. (laughs) So, yes. So that um, we'll have a link to that because that's a lot of fun. Well, actually, I guess I already answered my own question that as I look at my own spoiler alert, that uh, there's very few where women earn slightly more than men. And one of them is healthcare social workers. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Now, what do you think that is? Because is that that there are fewer men? Let's go to healthcare social workers. Let me find that one. Is it that the there are fewer men in it? You know, like certain fields where it's so female heavy? Uh, healthcare social workers. Let's see what it says. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Oh, if you look at healthcare social workers, it says that there are women far outstrip yeah. the men. So is that the setup? I, I mean, I, it's one of those things where you can spend a lot of time with statistics, and I do love numbers, but there are so few men in the profession right. that women are earning the wages, you know, so that's interesting. So, yeah, you know, hashtag winning. Hashtag. <laughs> so here's a big thing to rem- remind ourselves, and I think you and I know this, but education doesn't bridge the gap. You know, we right. can keep going and getting master's degrees and PhDs or whatever, and MBAs compared with white men with the same education. Black and Latina women with only a bachelor's degree have the largest wage gap, 65%. Really? Black women with advanced degrees earn 70% of what white men with advanced degrees earn. Um. It's educational attainment isn't enough to close the gender gap. We can't get enough degrees to make us catch up. It always travels with us. Wow. The stat that I have here is that, in fact, most women with advanced degrees earn less than than white men on average with only a bachelor's degree. Hmm. But this is where the skeptics come in. So skeptics argue that the gender wage gap is actually much smaller and the, you could hear my voice already, (laughs) and say the numbers are distorted by things like, well, men tend to work longer hours. Interesting. Interesting, right? hmm And it's true that more men hold full-time jobs than women, according to the Census Bureau, and perhaps put in longer hours as a result, which may give them higher incomes. However, okay, I know I'm like skits getting all over the place, but the, the 25% increase in female full-time worker hours. Uh-huh. In 2000 to 2019, before the pandemic, there was a 25% increase in women working full-time. That more women are working longer hours as well, and it's not impacting the pay gap. So you can say, you know, historically, if we're looking in the 80s and the 90s, yes, there was a big gap between men working full-time and women working full-time. That gap 
has shrunk, the wage gap is still there. So no matter how you do it, too, if you add in the factors of race and age and parenthood, the gap only grows. So, you know, you can't, you can't like erase away certain factors every time it just, the gap is, it just never leaves us. So this has been running the labor market for a long time. Mm -hmm. The pandemic has exposed the consequences of this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially as working women, you know, what industries you and I have talked about that before, where are the industries that women are? Healthcare, retail, hospitality. These are the ones that were hit the hardest. If you're making less money, you have lower ability to save for rainy day, emergency funds for retirement, for your own healthcare. You know, like it all, it's all a domino. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, women's participation. Now I've seen some different things on this, but you know, it's the great resignation as we've talked about. I have this quote from Janelle Jones, who is the chief economist for the U.S. Department of Labor. And you are going to play the role of Janelle Jones. Fantastic. <laughs> Unfortunately, the pand- <laughs> Fortunately, the pandemic stalled gains made toward closing the, p- the pay gap and layoffs and a lack of childcare have forced many women out of the workforce entirely. In February 2021, women's labor force participation was 55.8% the same rate as April 1987. And women of color and those working in low-wage occupations have been the most impacted. I mean, my goodness. Now, I've seen some new numbers this month, or as we're recording in the early 2022, that women are starting to come back to the labor force, You know, especially as certain sectors open up, the sectors where women work a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to come back from... That the labor force participation rate was the same as April 1987. What? Yeah, no, that's insane. (laughs) That is really insane. So, you know, I'm not to be a downer, but I didn't want to, you know, often we talk about the solutions as much because seriously, you know, we're not going to fix a wage gap in one discussion. So I thought more interesting, more fun, and just the sitting as we sit in this topic is to mm-hmm. compare the U.S. to the EU and to other okay. other areas. So, new lightning round. I am totally going to hit you up. Now that I have found your weak spot, you smart, smart woman, it's pop quizzes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My friend, we. Um, I'm going to do a little digression here. Yeah, so please I'm do. horrible at pop quizzes, also horrible at trivia. Like oh, trivia. this is awesome. So I've, I'm totally hitting like all your weak spots. <laughs> yeah. But one of my best friends is like a trivia fanatic. And for her 40th birthday, she had a lot of her friends come together and she assigned us on teams. Oh, God. And, God and, and you were just like, yay. <laughs> I was on the weakest trivia team. We were like trying to get there. We were trying to do it. But you, anyway. It's the stress of the trivia you know, like I, it's like, it's like watching Jeopardy and you're like at home, like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. But you know, like, you know, like a third, a half of the answers for one thing, you don't know them all. You're just like impressed that you know some of them, but then also you're not like on like timed competitive thing to like come up with the answer of, you know, it's, you know, whatever the answer is. So in yeah. fact, uh, yeah, so that would be my worst 
nightmare is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. That once you realize you're on the worst team, then you can kind of have fun, you know? Yeah. No, we did. We did have fun. Yeah. We did have fun in that group. Anyway. So, okay. Well, here's my pop quiz to you. Which All EU right. country has the highest wage gap and which the has the highest? Lowest? Who has the worst wage gap and who has the best of the, you know, wage gaps suck, but who has the smallest, who has the biggest? The biggest is Italy. Okay. And the smallest is Finland. Interesting. All right. All right. The highest is Estonia and the lowest is Sweden, but I'll give you Finland. (laughs) All right. I I came close. So yeah, I knew who's going to get Estonia, but yeah, Estonia is 23% and Sweden is 8.7 as of December 2021. So across uh, Europe, across the EU, it's the average is 14. All right. So, you know, here we are. It's where like nobody's better than anyone else. But Canada, we should. Canada. Here's a pop quiz of this easier. No numbers, no not. Should we move to Canada? According to my son, yes. Okay. He really loves it. He's where the Olympics are on and he's only voting Canada. It should we? Yes. Tell me why. Because the Canadian women in Canada earn 89 cents for every dollar versus our 82. Oh, so, see? You know, we'd make a little more money. There you go. There you go. I don't know what, I haven't looked into the currency. Are we doing, you know how a million years ago you could go and it's like, everything was, seems so less expensive. And then all of a sudden it all flips and everything's more expensive. I I don't know. It's been a while since I did currency reporting. So, but based on wages alone, annual wages, we're, we're good to go to go to Canada. So. All right. Okay. Good to know. So the most frequent way of discussing the wage gap in terms of dollars and cents, some say that it may obscure the real impact on working women and their families because it seems like pennies per hour. This is what I'm talking about with how it rolls out and influences the, you know, everything else that's going on. I'm going to give you some math to read, not a pop quiz. Okay. For context, a woman working full-time year-round earned $10,194 less than her male counterpart on average. Oh, on average in 2018. If this wage gap were to remain unchanged, she would earn about $407,760 less than a man would over the course of a 40-year career. Again, these earnings gaps are are larger for most women of color. That's a lot of numbers. And basically, it's compound interest. That's what we're talking, right? Right, right. And I would even go further to say, so if she earns $10,000 less than the man every year, then she's earned $400,000 less than the man over 40 years, but she's also earned less in retirement savings. And she's earned less in, you know, all the ways she could put that $400,000 to work or taking on debt like credit cards or getting a better mortgage because her credit rating is better or all the things that go with having a better wage. Mm-hmm. And then the last uh, nail in this wage gap coffin, I swear, as a result of lower lifetime earnings, they receive less in social security in pensions, 
in terms of overall retirement income, women only have 70% of what men have. Wow. And on that depressing note, that is the story of the wage gap. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. I do think it's interesting because, you, you, yes, they, when you, it's like, well, it's 80, 83 cents. What's wrong? It's 82, 83 cents. What's wrong with that? You know, it's only a couple pennies right. here or there. And it, it's true. You need a point that you can do for comparison. But mm-hmm. yes, that's, it's how, it, you know, it's truly how pennies add up. So, yeah, that's true. So get that money. Man. Yeah, get that money. That's what we're saying. We're saying keep hustling, as we say. All right. That's for dang sure. Anything else? Because I think we've covered it. I think we hit the nail on the head there. Well done, Jennifer. 46 times. (laughs) (laughs) Bang, bang, bang. We will share all the notes. You got to see Batgirl teaching Batman a lesson. You do have to see that. And you got to compare your industry and see how bad your wage gap is. I have homework for everyone. Great. And until and next study week. up for pop quizzes. Yeah, exactly. We're going to tell you all. Keep hustling. Keep hustling. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM Network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.